Today is Friday, August 25th, and you're tuned into the last edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ware, and let me actually preface uh, or correct myself. This isn't the last daily podcast. The daily podcast will resume on Monday. It's just that the previews will be over. So we started this thing on June the 19th. And today, Friday, August 25th, is the last day that we will preview the uh, all of the teams. We've previewed uh, now, once we're done with today, Lane College, we would have previewed all 50 HBCU football playing institutions over this period of time. I hope you guys have enjoyed these podcasts. And, of course, they're still available online uh, on our website, which is where you're listening to them now, at box to row dot com and um look we're 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 excited we're excited about continuing the podcast daily which is made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. So let's look at the Lane College Dragons who last year Lane finished the season five and five. Now this was a they the Dragons started the season out 3-0, and and as a matter of fact, I can remember um, having Derek Burroughs, the head coach, as a guest on our program after their victory uh, over Langston, 46-44. to That was a barn burner. Um, along the way, yeah, okay, so they defeated, the, to open the season, Texas College 44-6, to and then the third game of the season, they beat Langston 46-44. to um, You know, Texas College's program is... They're trying to revamp really that program. And Langston has been pretty good, actually. But in between those two games, they defeated Fort Valley State 10-7. to Again, Fort Valley State, uh, however they got to the SIAC championship game, that uh, is open to debate, open to conjecture. What is not open to conjecture is the fact that Fort Valley State won the SIAC championship. And along the way, Lane defeated um Fort Valley State again. They started the season off three and zero, and then I think what happened was, I mean, I, you know, I don't think Fort Valley State was as good then as they ultimately became because they ended the game on, or ended the season on a four or five game winning streak. But I think Lane got a dose of reality. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in week four when they had to face uh, Tuskegee on the road, where the Golden Tigers defeated Lane thirty eight to seven, but. I mean, Lane is playing in that Western division, which is very tough. Uh, so give them credit. I mean, give them credit. Uh, uh, they eked out a tough game against a much improved Benedict team uh, along the way. And and after they won, started the season off with those three wins, they then lost four of their next five ball games. But in between that, they got a win over Benedict. Uh, they got a win over Kentucky State. So the two teams that played in the championship game on last year, um, Lane beat both of them, uh, ultimately losing the last game of the season to Morehouse. I, I want to start here because before you can do a preview and see where you're going, you have to know where you've come from. So the bottom line is this. A very good defense, as a matter of fact, a top 15, top 20 defense uh, in Division Two last year is what Lane had. They lose... 
two key players, one in Javante Kelly, um, 75 tackles last year, 46 of those solo. He led the team. He also had three and a half tackles for loss. Then a young man by the name of Whitney Richardson, uh, a box to row, All-America last year, and as a matter of fact, recently signed a free agent deal with the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, sometimes you look at the numbers and you don't really know. I mean, when some when I look at the numbers and we looked at the numbers from last year and you say, well, Richardson had 32 and a half tackles for loss. That is that is, those numbers are crazy. And admittedly, I did not see Lane play last year. 17 and a half sacks on the season. Those numbers are super crazy. I mean, a solid defensive end would be fortunate to have 17 and a half sacks in a career, yet alone in a season. And so when you look at the numbers, you say, well, is, is the is, how good is this guy? Is he really that good? Well, if he signed, in, in, in and as a matter of fact, in this late stage of the season, a free agent deal with the Chargers, he must have been pretty good. Again, he was a box to row All-American, and he had the numbers to back it up. Their third leading re, uh, returning tackler is uh, Ray Taylor, and Ray Taylor is back. So that's uh, a place I guess you can start. He's going to be a junior this year, uh, the defensive lineman. But, again, it's going to be interesting to see why, uh, you know, how, how how is he able to play on now without having – Richardson on the other side and then by the way Kelly just all over the field for the Dragons but I'm going to be interested to see that because Taylor put up some good numbers 10 and a half tackles he had five and a half sacks on the season so you know hopefully Lane can ride uh, that defense but offensively I mean this is I think where Lane is gonna uh, be pretty solid why because not only do they return nine starters, but they also return uh, on the offensive side of the football, but they also return running back Marcus Holliday. 1,126 yards rushing last year. He also had six touchdowns on the season. And and, and so, you know, you're able to return a guy like that, average 5.6 yards per carry. He's a workhorse with 202 um, attempts. You know, that's 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 20 attempts or in excess of 20 attempts per game. So he's going to have to be relied upon heavily. But also the quarterback uh, situation isn't bad. I mean, Marcus Reynolds does return. Um, Could his completion percentage have been better? Sure. Forty seven percent of his passes completed. But guess what? Seven touchdowns to four interceptions, so a good touchdown to interception ratio. And by the way, he's a threat to run the football. Eight rushing touchdowns on last year, 446 yards rushing. So in the backfield, you got Holiday at the running back, Reynolds at the quarterback position, and it allowed for the Dragons to rush for almost 188 yards per game. Almost that entire offensive line is back as well. So that bodes well, I think, for Lane, and I think what it does for the Dragons is going to enable them to be able to, you know, have have had some experience, and uh, from last year coming into this year, so those guys are going to be older and 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 be able to score some points. Um, again, I mean, you know, and as we've talked about 
this entire week with respect to the SIAC. Thank goodness they've gone away from if you win your division, then you go to the championship game and have gone back to, to, to how many SIAC games you win overall. So they open the season up on the road at Texas College. They return the favor to Texas College. Um, but then when you look at the schedule, their first three games on the road at Morehouse and then at Benedict. I mean, that's 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 tough. But then a safe haven at home. Their next three games at home, Clark Atlanta, Tuskegee, who's a, a division member, and then a non-conference game against um, Langston before their next tour on the road, Fort Valley State Miles. Then they close the season out at home, Kentucky State and Central State. So it's an interesting schedule f- for them. Uh, you go three away from home, three straight at home, two away from home, and two to end the season at home. It's an opportunity for Lane, I think, to um, uh, even the schedule, even though the schedule's quirky to start the season, it's an opportunity on the back end because if you think about it, um, five of their last seven games are at home. So it's an opportunity for Lane to have some success. That's going to wrap up. Um, the a look at all 50 HBCU football playing institutions when we began on June the 19th, when we started out with appropriately Cheney, we end today with Lane and the HBCU football season kicks off on tomorrow. As a matter of fact, Edward Waters uh, is in, uh, they play tomorrow. And then also the big game nationally televised, Florida A&M is going to be hosting Texas Southern in the Jake Gaither Classic there in Tallahassee. So that should be a good one. Join me on Monday as we'll wrap up that Jake uh, Jake Gaither Classic and that game, Florida A&M uh, against, um, of course, Texas Southern. And thus next week we'll begin our, our daily podcast continues next week. As we're going to take a look, um, we're just going to talk HBCU football uh, on a daily basis and more specifically next week wrap up the game between Florida A&M and Texas Southern. If you've missed any of our podcasts, tell a friend. Again, we previewed all 50 of the HBCU football playing institutions, so you, you just can go back and listen and you'll have an idea of what to expect from those uh, from HBCU football in 2017. Also follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And when tweeting, use hashtag HBCU125. Have an outstanding weekend, and I'll talk with you on Monday.